0: had a uh, cedar plank salmon for dinner nice that I made and i haven't been grocery shopping in a while and i had it was either i had nothing to wash it down with besides like water or shitty american light beer okay washed it down with shitty american light beer good for you way to way to ruin a good meal <laughs>
1: about bourbon and the ones who drink it this is bourbon matters welcome to bourbon matters i'm jake i'm dan and uh we're short that's the other jake tonight but well, uh not... now at least we'll know who i'm talking to when i say jake if you're just listening <laughs> yeah. uh so uh tonight we are talking about finished whiskeys Mhm. Um so what does that mean, Dan? So, so we all know with whiskey it
0: has to be put into a new charred oak barrel to aged. Um and that's basically where the stipulation ends in terms of aging of what whiskey has to be. Uh so what we get a lot of people doing um for lots of different reasons is after you either fully age it in your new charred oak American or charred white oak American barrel or whatever. You can then put it into a different barrel to finish it off. Now, some people will fully age their whiskey before they put it in a finishing barrel. And some people will stop the aging short in the new charred oak barrel and then put it in a different barrel. So when I say different barrels, we are talking uh, things that aren't whiskey. So there's a lot of different Uh, like a very popular one is a rum finished rye that that you see on the shelves a lot, which is you're putting it in a rum barrel for four to 10 months, uh, and then bottling Mm it. Uh, there's a lot of different wines between. Which uh, like the
1: OG is port. Port. Yeah. By angels envy.
0: Yeah. Port finished, cognac finished. I mean, there's basically any other alcohol that you age in a barrel You can then put whiskey into that barrel. And what's going to happen during that secondary aging process is there's still alcohol from the previous wine or whatever in that barrel. And when the whiskey goes in there, it's going to pull some of that out of the oak staves uh, in that barrel. And you're going to infuse a little bit of that flavor, not a ton, but enough to know the difference uh, into the Mm -hmm. whiskey. So it's basically a way to get more unique flavors out of your whiskey and still be able to call it a whiskey um, gives you a chance to reuse barrels because barrels aren't cheap and and, uh, um, it gives it a second life. So um, we we know that with whiskey, we sell a lot of our whiskey barrels over to Ireland and Scotland for them to age uh, their single malts in where we use a lot of wine barrels uh, and rum barrels and now even tequila barrels. Yeah, uh, to age things in. And we're even seeing it the other way now. So now we're seeing tequilas uh, age in whiskey barrels. What's the Sazerac tequila brand? Oh, yeah. Uh, um Corazon or something like that. Corazon. Yeah, because I've, I've had one of their whiskeys finished in Weller barrels. One of theirs finished in Eagle Rare barrels. So we're starting to get it the other way around too. Uh, but it's basically just... After your whiskey's aged for a while, you're putting it in something else. And usually the secondary aging is four to 10 month range, just kinda on how much flavor it is. It also depends on how long the cask has sat empty. So if a cask is empty for a while, you're not, some of that flavor's gonna dry into the wood staves. You're not gonna be able to pull it back out. So that's the basic rundown of, of what finished whiskey is, is something finished in a different barrel.
1: Yeah. So um, like Dan said, a lot of this is um, an attempt to impart some other type of flavor into your typical bourbon rye or, or single malt. Um, And a lot of times um, there's a lot of effort to get like complementary flavors. Um, Mm -hmm. So like Dan said, rye, uh, typically we'll get finished in, uh, rum casks, um, mostly because the rum is super sweet and typically rye is lacking that sweetness. Um, so they actually really balance each other out really well. Um, one of the things that's becoming fairly common is aging with French oak. Um, so that's actually what I'm drinking tonight is the Penelope Architect Series, which is a French oak uh, finished whiskey. And uh, the interesting thing about the Penelope Architect Series is that they work with a company. Uh, it's a, a cooperage called uh, some French word, Rideau <laughs> 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 that I can't pronounce. Tunnelary uh something like that. Um, But I've got an article from Engadget uh, titled How Wood Scanning Tech is Taking the Guesswork Out of Aging Bourbon. Mm -hmm. Um, So this was sent to me by my friend Jimmy. So shout out to Jimmy. Thanks for the article. Um, The uh, article talks about how this company Radeau has Uh, completed over 300 trials containing over 10 million analyses to observe polyphenols in wood um, with their primary focus on French oak because they are obviously a French cooperage. Um, So what the idea is they built this technology and they call it Oak Scan. And what it does is it looks at the grain of the oak staves and actually makes a prediction on how much flavor will be imparted by the oak staves, uh, during the aging process. So originally what they developed this for was wine aging. Um, and like the main goal was to try and get a bunch of staves for the barrel that were extremely consistent so that the winemakers would know with like a, uh, decent degree of certainty, how much tannins would be imparted to the wine during the aging process. Um, and then they were fairly successful with that. Um, and, uh, decided to start their, uh, foray into bourbon.
0: um, By the way, great job
1: muting your phone right there. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, Jesus, where was I? (laughs) Oh, so Penelope uh, somehow uh, ran into uh, or came across Radeau and this Oakscan technology and thought this would be really badass to do with our bourbon. Um, So they developed their Architect series, um, which isn't necessarily going for consistency from bottle to bottle, but instead they're actually fine tuning the flavor profiles of each batch. Um, and because it's the architect series, they call them builds. Um, so on the back of each architect bottle, there is the flavor profile of the particular build. Um, it's got a bunch of different flavor categories like, uh, fruit on the nose oak perception on the nose, vanilla, spicy, toasted, fruit on palate, structure, oak integration, and persistency. When um, they rate on a scale of 0 to 4, then they give you the um, quote-unquote control whiskey, which is probably just their normal aged mm-hmm. uh, bur- r- their normal bourbon. normal grain. Yeah, and uh, then they have their, uh, like, uh, Goal profile, or, or whatever they're trying to achieve with this particular uh, build. Um, it's <clears throat> so like Dan said, they're a four grain, I think, exclusively four grain, I think so too. Uh, yeah. company they source from MGP, which we talked about last week. They actually just got bought out by MGP. Um, their mash bill is pretty much always 75% corn, 15% rye. Or sorry, 75% corn, 15% wheat, 7% rye, and 3% malted barley. Um, so fairly high wheat content. I and mean, it's about standard for like a weeded bourbon, I guess. Um, yeah. But the incorporation of the rye, you know, can throw in some of those spicy notes and and uh, stuff like that and kind of round out four grains a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, so uh, I haven't actually tried this yet.
0: Um, It was interesting because when I read that article, like I was – not that I was skeptical or – I mean, whenever you read something new, you always try and find any flaws in it. And I wasn't – like I was trying to find flaws, but the ending of that is the most important part of the article of they're not doing this to try and get every single bottle to taste the same because Mm – the problem you run, like wine isn't in a barrel nearly as long as whiskey is. Um, I mean, whis- most whiskeys, not all, but majority of whiskeys that we drink are going to be around a four-year whiskey. Um, most wines are only in a barrel for six months or so. I don't know enough about wine aging to know if they're, I mean, most of the wine countries, they don't get the big temperature extremes either that you get where you get a lot of in and out of the barrel like we do in whiskey.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that changes so much even within a warehouse that unless you're putting the exact same barrels in the exact same spot of the warehouse year after year after year, you're going to have flavor variations, Mm -hmm. Um, especially in a big place like MGP. They're not going to, I'm guessing that'd be a logistical nightmare for their warehouse manager to try and do that. So I I think it's more important that they're using this as to try and get different flavors out of it and not as a, hey, we can do this to be super consistent year in, year out. Because it's just, there's too many variables, I think, for that to ever be something where you can know exactly what it's going to taste
1: like the second you uh, pound the bung back in the barrel after you fill it. Right. So that's actually, uh, they have their toasted series, which they finish in a toasted uh, American oak barrel. And then on their website, they actually specifically say that when they tried their first, like, barrels of the toasted finish they were uh surprised at how different each one was mm-hmm. so they said uh screw it we'll just release them as like individual yeah <laughs> like things um yep. so uh the toasted is are all very different um we actually did an episode uh which is episode 19 on the penelope toasted um from what i recall i wasn't a particular fan of that one um but jenna liked it Cause uh, Roberto and Dan ditched me that day. Um, yeah. So check that out. If you, what day did we ditch you? I mean, there's
0: a couple of them, but you have to be more specific. <laughs> oh, know. Oh, the day you did the podcast. Yeah. 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 I can't remember what I, I was doing. Something more important. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, you might've been on the farm. Uh, I
1: could have been easy. I was gonna say probably either farming or out in the middle of nowhere hiking. So, yeah. Um. So then the other, they've got uh, a few other finishes. Uh, they have the Rio, which is the new one, uh, which is the Brazilian Ambarana Oak and Honey Barrel finish. Um, I have not tried this one yet, um, but I might just pop in the Gold Eagle because they got a bottle at the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got the Rosé Cask finish, which I bought a bottle of that. Um, as kind of a joke for Jenna, uh, and then the next day I was going to say please we say that was Jenna. <laughs> I was so. going to say please say that was for Jenna. Yeah, I have not popped that yet, and I won't pop it until she's going to drink it with me. So, <laughs> uh, then we have the Penelope Valencia, um, which is a Vino de Naranja wine cask finish um which if my spanish is correct i think that's orange wine and then the where's uh, reverse when you need them? yeah i know right the uh, they have a tokay finish tokay uh, tokay tokay, tokay. tokay. finish is a uh, hungarian wine um which i'd never had that one either um, so yeah if there are a couple sips of this um which is again the architect series uh it's got a there's a lot of sweetness on it. Um, and then that, like, I always have a hard time describing what French oak imparts into whiskey. It's kind of funky, but not like offensive. Um, so not like uh, I want to say so many awful French jokes right now, <laughs> but just in case you're from France, <laughs> listen, I'm not going to talk about body odor. <laughs> 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 uh. Um, but, you know, this reminds me a lot like makers 46. Yeah. Which is also a French Oak finish. Uh, maker makers is a lot with French Oak. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, very, uh, very similar to me. Um, it's got a nice color on it. Um, which I think they toast the, the French Oak. If I'm not mistaken.
0: When they're I mean their big thing is they're trying to eat the best tannin levels out, and you're gonna get that whenever you toast first. I'm I'm almost just as a complete guess, but just from what i what you hear about
1: Penelope is my guess would be that they are toasted. Yeah, and um I've got what I think is the first architect build, uh, because it doesn't denote which one it is on the bottle. Um, and then I have build three, then I have a six year um, which I think is a store pick um, like a like a single barrel type of thing like custom build is what they call it Um, yeah so and, I, and when we talk about toast if people
0: don't know what toasting is is <laughs> the barrels are still charred but think of it like roasting a marshmallow and you get that nice beautiful golden brown toast and it kind of has that nice little caramelization on the outside. That's what you're yeah. doing when you're toasting a barrel before you just fry the shit out of it.
1: Yeah. Um, and like the but you're getting some of that to,
0: Yeah, go ahead. You're, you're, yeah, you're trying to get some of that caramelized to be able to be there because you're gonna get some of the sugars of the wood to come out, and then you're just charring the hell out of it after that.
1: Yeah, you'll boost the sweetness quite a bit. Um and like it uh I think it doesn't it kind of helps round off the like deep char flavor, you know, a little bit, uh, um, balances it out. Um, it's, it's funny because
0: before we even talked about doing this episode last weekend, I've had since Sam's first tasting, we went to, I bought a Penelope barrel strength because Penelope was there, not actually Penelope, like Roberto thought Penelope was there. It wasn't actually (laughs) Penelope, even though he swore it was, um, I I will say I'm not a very big fan of Penelope. Um, I didn't like their architect series because I remember you and Roberto were big fans of that, and I, you guys were over there without me. Um, yeah. And I went back over to try it, and I wasn't big on that. I did buy their barrel strength, and I liked the barrel strength, and I just I popped it over last weekend, and I was still happy I bought it. Um, I don't know if it's, I, why I'm not a big fan. I'm not, I've never been a big fan of four grain. I don't know if that's part of it too. Yeah. Um,
1: I'm, but it's I'm just, not either. Um, I do, I do remember liking their barrel strength. Um, but yeah, like their, the white label, I think is the regular, uh, yeah. one, like their flagship. And I'm not a fan of that. Um, The barrel strength was good. And then uh, the architect, I kind of enjoy. I think the, um, I think it uh, rounds it out a bit. Um, It kind of helps that, like, there's just something about foregrain that, like, I don't care for. And I don't really know what it is. So Mm -hmm. I can't, like, pinpoint exactly what it is. like even the um old elk four grain I like did not like very yeah. much at all um jay i can't I think none of us did when we did the old elk bracket,
0: I can't remember on that, but yeah that um I don't know if it's just it was just a four green thing of why I don't why I wasn't a big fan of Penelope, but like I said, the barrel strength I thought was decent um, I, Like i like said I bought that bottle and. It's been sitting for a year. I finally opened it and I was glad I opened it and I'm glad I have it. But um, other than that, I'm not, not a huge fan, but it is cool to see some of like when these companies are doing different technology things, um, trying to find different ways to do something. I mean, it's, we've been doing this since the 1800s. So there's definitely ways to improve and change things. Uh, But my biggest thing with that is that I like how they're not trying to say that this is going to be, exactly the same every single time because it's really
1: hard to regulate that. Yeah. So it was interesting because they, they said by using the Oak scan, if they wanted to, they could reproduce any of the builds. Mm -hmm. But for the time being, they're like kind of enjoying just tweaking it each time. Um, Which I think is a cool concept to, to kind of uh, build this like iterative <laughs> you know a mm-hmm. data set and then be like yeah which one was the best and maybe go back and re-release that one you know yeah
0: it was it was funny because today or not funny but it was just um i was working today and i was talking to our master distiller about barrel finishes and i said i said so a question with this cuz we're doing some we're doing a new we've we've always had maple syrup uh cask finished whiskey mm-hmm. um we're going to be doing more cask finish releases coming out uh, later this year. And then moving forward, we're going to start doing some cask. We're going to have our own cask finish series uh, that we do. And it's newer to me. I haven't dealt with any of this stuff. I've tried some other things that we have, Um, but I said, is it a strategy where you take good whiskey and then finish it? Or do you not finish it all the way? Do we not, do you not finish it all the way and let it finish fully in a, in a, age barrel or do you put whiskey that you're like, ah, this isn't the greatest. Maybe we should try and put it in a, in a cast to get a different flavor out of it. Yeah. Um, his strategy is good in should be equal good out. Um, you still need mm-hmm. to um, make sure you're combining good flavors and things. Uh, but he said, there are people that will do finish series because they have whiskey that they didn't think was going to go good enough in their blends. Yeah. (laughs) They wanted to try and get something out of it. Uh, So it's interesting that you can use that to play around with. Hopefully most of the big ones that we see out there are, I guess it doesn't matter if it tastes good at the end, who cares what it came out as, but I guess you always wanted hope that they'd be putting good whiskey in to get, get good whiskey out. But
1: yeah, I think that a lot of people do see it as like a, way to kind of cover up shitty whiskey. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But it doesn't necessarily have to be Um, like we said, like angels envy um, was one of the first to mass produce Mm -hmm. uh, finished whiskey. um, If not the first. Um, And that kind of, I think changed a lot of people's minds about, finished whiskey and that, uh, you could make a good consistent whiskey, uh, with some sort of barrel finish. So, yeah,
0: the, the one thing with that, I'm, I'm not a fan of port finish. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I, that's probably one of my least favorite finishes really care for it either. Yeah. It's, um, it was, I was debating about doing, uh, my ice cider angels envy cask Oh, yeah, uh, tonight.
1: that one's um, pretty good, though.
0: That's good. I can talk about that a little bit. But one thing that that cask finishing does do is it does add to the price quite a bit. Yeah, usually. Um, because there I mean, there's some easy, easy reasons to figure out for that. First off, you got to get the cask from somewhere. And since some of the majority of these distilleries aren't making port or Tokai or Madeira wine or all these other stuff. You're having to get these barrels shipped in. So you're buying a barrel. You're having to freight it to yourself. Depends on how long it sat. Because I've I've uh, watched Rob do some barreling of some casks that have dried out a little bit. But then you're spending a lot of time to try and get the thing to seal up so it doesn't all leak out all over hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's just more aging time. So if you already let a whiskey sit for five, four or five years, now you're still late letting it sit for another four or 10 months, somewhere in that range.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and you're constantly watching it because the goal is to get some of the flavor out and you want to make sure you get enough of the flavor out that you can tell what it was, but you don't want to get too much out that it overtakes the whiskey. Right. <laughs> so now you're babysitting and pulling a lot of samples, which is taking away some of the whiskey, but then taking more time. And it's just, they always... Finished whiskeys always take more time. I think when you find a really good finished whiskey at a reasonable price, it's well worth it. Um, I guess I can use that as my lead into my Angels MV Ice Cider, which is really good. It's a re- Angels Envy Rye finished in cider casks, um, kind of like ice
1: ice vine, but ice cider. Um, yeah, it's so a specific like. Was it from? iceland or something like that i don't think so because i I can't remember where it's i thought thought it was somewhere in in europe or um shit maybe it was nova scotia that'd make more sense i think it was nova scotia Um, like the apple vineyards freeze and then they have to make ice cider instead of uh regular like just picking the apples Right. Same, same thing with like ice wine and things yep.
0: uh, where you let it freeze on. Cause you get a higher sugar content out of it. Now I think that's really good. Um, and that was probably like my last going back a couple episodes, my last like big tater purchase was because I, my one friend found out that his binnies had it. So I went into my binnies to get it and just kind of doing it. Cause I thought I needed to have it. And then I'm like, I just spent, like the more I think about it now, it's like I spent two hundred dollars on a is it is it good? Yes. Is the cost inflated because of the cat the cask finish? Yeah, there's a reason for it. But it's like, man, I spent two hundred bucks on that stupid <laughs> bottle.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's, it, it's a I mean, one time release. You got the yeah. the extra cost of the cask. Um The bottling is so, great. The one thing yeah. I
0: will the thing that pissed me off the most about it <laughs> was the, their cask finished port, their port finished cask series. Uh, the barrel string. Whenever, yeah, whenever yeah. they do those, they come in this beautiful, nice wood box that you can reuse for other things. It looks tremendous. Yeah. This came in a cardboard freaking box. Now it was cool. Cause it's like a double door, but it's cardboard. You're not using that for jack shit. The bottle looks beautiful, mm-hmm. but it's just, I don't know. I think, and maybe it's just because I'm slowly. Not slowly. I'm quickly turning into the crotchety old man we all knew that I would turn into someday. <laughs> but it it's like $200 for a bottle. I, I probably should have thought that one through a little bit more because it's it's good. I'm not saying that it's not good whiskey. I think it's great. And everyone that's tried it thought it's really, really good. But at the end of the day, I'm like, man, should I have spent that much on that bottle? Probably not. Um,
1: I, I kind of look at that one as like a very nice like once in a while dessert pour. Yeah. And like you can't really have more than one like you could, but like it is very sweet. Mm-hmm. And it's very much like a dessert whiskey. Um so like I I've maybe had it two or three times since I bought it, I think last year. So like I'm trying to pull longevity out of it and make it worthwhile, so <laughs> Yeah, mine's mine, I've
0: given a lot of samples out, so mine's going downhill quickly. I think I'm probably less than 25% left on it, which is the other worst thing is when you buy some of these nice bottles, you want everyone to try it to get their opinions on it, and yeah. then it's, you're given all this, but whatever. It is what it is. Um, I think it's a great bottle, but yeah, it's a one-time release, and it was expensive, and meh, I'm crotchety. <laughs> I, wish, I, I was really close to grabbing that, and then I was like, like oh, I can talk about this story, and then last minute i decided to grab a jack daniel's product. Yeah, uh, but you picked a good one. I did. And it was I mean, we talked about it a lot with jack bonded. I do not like jack daniel's that much at all. Um and this is jack daniel's number 27, not number 7, but number 27. Comes in another cardboard piece of shit box. <laughs> Kid. This is, but this it's is not two hundred
1: dollars. So <laughs>
0: no, this is half the price. So it one hundred dollars. I can I can stand a cardboard box because, <laughs> I mean that's that's not too far out of range from a lot of whiskeys these days. They're just on the shelf at ninety bucks. But it also comes in a very pretty, nice, fancy Jack Daniel's bottle, um, and this is their maple finished. So they do their normal charcoal filtration. Um, and then they age it, and then they put it uh, in a maple cask. So it's not been used with any other type of alcohol before. Um, but then they put it in the maple cask for it seems like six to ten months is what it kind of sounds like. And you get this nice little – It's it's very subtle. It's not like our – The maple cask finish, maple syrup cask finish that we have at at Whiskey Acres, which has a lot of the maple syrup flavor in it. Um, This just, all this really does is kind of mellows out some of the harsh flavors I don't like in Jack Daniels. It's the normal mash bill, it's 80 proof, it's just normal straight Jack Daniels. But just by doing the secondary finish, It makes Jack Daniels drinkable for me, besides Jack Daniels Bonded. Um, It's a $100 bottle. Um, They were, so I was reading about it. It was kind of more of a limited thing overseas. And then it sounded like they were going to do one run with it in the U.S., but now they're doing more runs with it in the U.S. Um, Not overly easy to find, but I've seen it. It's just, it seems like when they release it, you can find it for a few weeks in stores before it goes away. Um, but it's just for me, it's it's still your normal Jack Daniels flavor profile. But for me, it's just a little bit easier drinking Jack Daniels. Yeah. Uh, so
1: what's interesting is they actually use maple for the charcoal. Yeah. that's um,
0: So all their charcoal that they do for their charcoal filtration is always maple. Yeah. Um, that's regardless of whatever type of whiskey product you're drinking from Jack Daniels, it's always in the maple charcoal.
1: Yeah. And I, so I've heard at the distillery on the tour that this was a one time only release and like they put a lot of it out there and it did not sell well, which is why it's still kind of floating around sometimes. Um, because they, I think this was actually supposed to be the kickoff of a wood finish kind of series, and this one didn't do that well, so they said, uh, screw it, and then probably pivoted toward the bonded. Um, right, but uh, from what I've seen, this is a one time thing, um, which is why on I've their website up it says many bottles as I've seen. <laughs>
0: It's it says limited and special edition products, but I thought it was supposed to be out, and then I saw a store get another shipment in. So maybe this distributor had it, but like I've seen it come in in waves. Um, <clears throat> but it's it's interesting. I what the first time I got it before I spent the hundred dollars on this, I had actually had it. Well, technically, before I spent the hundred dollars on this for myself, I had technically had it because when Roberto opened up his whiskey room for the first time. Yeah. I got him this bottle, and that's the first time we tried it. Um, and all three of us and I was, liked and it. All three of us liked it. Yeah, it, it was all pretty unanimous between the three of us. It's was pretty good whiskey. Is it the greatest? No. Is it is it worth a hundred dollars? I would still take Jack Bonded over this by quite a bit. Um, but it I don't have know. Quite I I flavor. think
1: as far as like uh, finished whiskey goes, that's a pretty good example of like what finishing can do to a mediocre whiskey yeah mediocre is being kind to of jack daniels <laughs> i don't know why you hate it so much jack
0: daniels number seven is awful i did mean, it's probably those college memories. i mean college memories yeah but i i think i was more of a gym guy in college than i was jack
1: Oof, that's even worse we would
0: well it was what with what we drank it in because you're in college my buddy um made a drink called an instigator (laughs) and it was a red bull and two shots at Jim. and and after after two of them you would just be sitting there just jittering looking around for something (laughs) to get into trouble with um yeah i think that was my my college whiskey days my young, dumb days that we used to have, but it's, it's also, I I think I like this too, because you're not getting a lot of other non-whiskey flavors in it. Cause it's just a maple cask. Yeah. Um, he said, I, I do like a lot of the rum finished rye out there.
1: We've tried. Yeah. Um, that's probably my favorite finishing combination. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still waiting for old elk to drop their rum finished rye. Cause we tried it at, uh, The old elk event at Gold Eagle several months ago now, and it was so good. Um, so yeah, just waiting for that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's plus, it's a nice way for like if you're a really big fan of a certain distillery. Cask finish is just another way for them to put out some different products for your diehard fans to to try and see different things that they can do and get some different flavors and see how their whiskey tastes different ways. Yeah, um, I do like it. I do. I, I'm excited to do more of it at work just because it is fun to because you're constantly sampling those things. So it's another excuse to have a little drink at work. Um, <laughs> but it, it's it's fun i'm excited uh like i said i know it's something we're going to start pursuing a lot more of this year plus it's i mean you're taking just your normal whiskey off the shelf and you're allowing it to get a different flavor as you're waiting for some other things to age too so yeah something something different something fun um definitely definitely worthwhile to try out some different finishes and you're gonna try some and some of some finishes you're not gonna like, no matter what whiskey's in it, and some will have good or bad. But
1: yeah, there was the uh there's that one Jefferson that we tried that was not good. Um and I can't remember which one it was. Was it the the red wine finished one?
0: i I had the one of our friends gave me a long time ago a Pritchard Hill finish, and I thought that was pretty good.
1: Maybe um, it wasn't
0: that one then. Um, the, the one Jefferson, maybe
1: I know there's a voyage, but I don't think it was a finish that we hated. Yeah, that that one wasn't finished. Um, I could have sworn it was that red wine finish, Jefferson's. That like oh, maybe maybe that was one you didn't like, but I, that was one I I, I like. Okay, because um, I I don't think I that was it the again. one that Matt got you for your birthday. Yeah. I did not like that at all. Yeah, that was the Pritchard Hill. Okay, yeah, I so, was not a fan of that. Um there's definitely like I'm actually not that much of a fan of like regular angels envy mm-hmm. um the barrel strength is pretty good um when you can find it and afford it <laughs> <laughs> um but the rye which i, I what did it i don't know what they finished the rye in I can't remember
0: I can't remember either that's a I don't think it's a cognac,
1: but I could be wrong.
0: Oh, it's a rum Been finish. Wrong. Rum finish. That's why it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... That's the one thing with Angel's Envy, too, is I think it's decent whiskey, but I think their pricing model is a little out of whack.
1: Uh, they,
0: sometimes it's a little pricey for for what it is. Um, I mean, just even their baseline stuff, I think, is a little high, but those Angel's Wings aren't free, Jake. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which that was uh just MGP stuff for the longest time. Yeah. Um I, I don't know if they officially announced if they changed or not. I don't think they
0: have. I don't think well they weren't very open. They're never very open with I think where their stuff's being made at anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They're usually pretty <clears throat> even though we might have an idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go to distilleries,
1: look at barrels, that's all I can say yeah there's this big distillery in bardstown kentucky if you go there (laughs) and look up into the (laughs) rickhouse yeah no it's
0: it's fun it's nice to experiment um again before you really start i would say before you really start diving into finishes go to a bar or a place where you can try some different finishes um and if you're going to do it, try their normal, non-finished, well, Penelope Architects. A little, well, no, because you can do the Penelope 4-grain versus yeah. Penelope Architect. Try them side by side. See what you like better. Um, you can see how some small changes, just a little bit of finishing can make a big difference. Um, yeah. And it's it's insane that all you're doing is put it in a used barrel. Um, right. Yeah. And, and, and you're getting something new. Or sometimes new barrels if you're just using, like what Jack is with their... Maple barrels, but
1: yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it is pretty remarkable what, what is, what's funny to me about the, um, particularly rum finishes is almost every rum is finished in either a Jim beam or Jack Daniels used barrel. So you're (laughs) finishing it. You're, you're aging your rum in an ex bourbon barrel then aging a rye or finishing a rye in an ex-bourbon, ex-rum <laughs> barrel. Yeah. So. Well, that, that's like
0: uh, our maple cask finish barrels, our maple syrup cask finish. We send our barrels to different maple syrup companies. They uh, okay. age their maple syrup in our barrels. And then we buy the barrel and a bunch of that syrup back. And then we'll sell the syrup in our store. And okay, we yeah. age our whiskey in a barrel that originally held our whiskey and now is holding it for a second time, but it was used to hold maple syrup in the middle. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's cool to see the life cycle of those barrels. And that's, you know, it's barrels are around 350 bucks a barrel. So yeah. it's nice that you can get more than, than one use out of it in that way. So, cause otherwise it's just a lost cost of, of distilling it. Yeah. Right. doesn't sound like much for 300 bucks, but remember it's, by the time a four year whiskey's aged, you've lost thirty percent of that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you're still paying the same amount for that barrel. So Yeah. Very interesting. All right. Well, um we uh you can do I can well I guess I can do socials. So you don't have to yeah. do all the work today. Give me a break. So I have the, our website now also has Jake's Cocktails recipes on them. You can yeah, still find those on YouTube. I will start uh, putting out more, I swear. <laughs> I'll, I'll start updating the website on a, on a regular basis too, I swear. Um, <laughs> no, so if, if you're really old school and still like to go to websites and not just open up YouTube on your app, you can find that on our website, um, which is Bourbon Matters. Oh my goodness. Bourbon right? Bourbon Matters Bourbon podcast. Matters podcast? Bourbon Matters podcast. I just go to the Squarespace and log in. Squarespace, give us money. Um, I just go to Squarespace <laughs> and log in and do everything. Uh Bourbon You can find us on YouTube at Bourbon Matters Podcast. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Bourbon Matters and YouTube at Bourbon Matters Podcast. I think I already said that. So yeah. watch, like, comment, subscribe, interact. We should sometimes start putting out some questions or have people put put a post out to see if people want to ask us
1: questions and maybe incorporate those into a podcast. To get yeah, I, I put the – usually there's a poll or something on the Spotify episodes. Um, yeah, you can drop some Instagram. Uh, oh. Or you can just not be lazy and just comment on the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Calling somebody out in particular there or just kind of a broad statement? Just a broad,
0: just taking shots. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: Uh, if they, if you want to, Jake, if people want to listen to us. Yeah, uh, you can watch us on Spotify or listen. Uh, then you can listen on wherever uh, podcasts. You can find podcasts, I guess.
0: Great, great strong close to the show there, Jake. Yeah, Way to really t- bring it home. T- totally
1: fumbled that.
0: sorry sorry i didn't mean to spring that on you (laughs) oh man um you would think that after like almost 70 episodes we would have somewhat of a clue of what we're doing i know we're still
1: idiots i wanted to pre-record it and you guys said no let's do it live every time
0: (laughs) yeah because then we get moments like this where i can just make fun of you and (laughs) shit all over you for not knowing how to say something
1: that you said every single episode (laughs) oh god okay um all right so uh, next week uh we were supposed to do it this week but uh jake was caught up at work uh next week we are going to do age statements and we're gonna try hopefully go jake into a rant so uh cheers to that cheers